The committee will come to order. The chair notes the presence of a quorum. Pursuant to committee rules, members of the committee may submit written opening statements for the record. I ask that members may revise and extend the remarks on the bills to be considered at this markup and have those remarks included in the record. Without objection, so ordered. Without objection, the chair is authorized to declare recess of the committee at any time. Pursuant to committee rule 3I, the chair announces that he may postpone further proceedings today on the question of approving any measure or matter or adopting an amendment on which a recorded vote is ordered. I now recognize myself <clears throat> for an opening statement. Uh, before we begin, I do want to pause and express my deepest condolences to our colleague, uh, Congresswoman Peltola from Alaska, as she mourns the tragic loss of her husband, uh, Eugene. Uh, she and her family are in my prayers. I'm sure they're in the prayers of many of you as well. So please join me in a moment of silence uh, to grieve and honor the life of her husband, Eugene, and a life that's well lived. Good morning, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. We have a diverse set of bills up for consideration that really showcases the full range of this committee's issue areas. We've continued to prioritize our shared goals of access, conservation, innovation, and transparency. And I'm so glad to see that our members are advancing legislation that stewards our resources wisely. H.R. 934, sponsored by Congressman McClintock, would protect communities by ensuring wildfires are suppressed before they become out of control infernos. H.R. 934 would give clear direction to the Forest Service to immediately suppress fires on certain lands identified as being under severe drought conditions or at high risk of wildfire. In addition to times when the wildland fire preparedness level is at its highest and resources are strained. Within 24 hours of detecting a wildfire on Forest Service lands or a prescribed fire escaping containment, the agency must use all available resources to extinguish the wildfire consistent with firefighter health and safety standards. Additionally, the agency may not inhibit the firefighting activities of state and local agencies authorized to respond to wildfires on Forest Service lands. This legislation learns from mistakes the Forest Service has made in the past such as during the 2017 Chetco Bar Fire, where officials later lamented that if they had been able to take a more aggressive suppression approach in advance, the fire would not have grown as large as it did. It's the kind of common sense solution we desperately need right now in forest management and implement sound principles of conservation. We also have a unanimous consent package of bills in front of us today. H.R. 4051, Congressman Whitman's Shark Act, will establish a task force to address shark depredation, which occurs when a shark eats or damages a hooked fish before an angler can reel in their catch. Some of my earliest memories are of being on a boat with my dad and catching fish. While Arkansas doesn't have many sharks to deal with, I speak for anglers across the country when I say this is an important issue to address, and I applaud Mr. Whitman's leadership on the issue. Respecting all wildlife in the areas in which we fish is vital, and I believe this task force would improve coordination and communication across the fisheries management community while still protecting angler uh, access. 
H.R. 3448, the American Battlefield Protection Program Enhancement Act, is a bipartisan piece of legislation sponsored by Congresswoman Stefanik that will ensure continued protection of a crucial element of American history. This bipartisan legislation improves the American Battlefield Protection Program by clarifying key terms, ensuring continued congressional oversight, and expanding the program to allow for more participation from tribes and nonprofits. Future generations will benefit from this legislation with the opportunity to explore American battlefields pivotal to our nation's founding and history. H.R. 4596 would reauthorize appropriations for the Upper Colorado and San Juan Recovery Implementation Programs, a critical tool in recovering four fish species and providing Endangered Species Act compliance for over 2,500 water and power projects that withdraw more than 3.7 million acre feet of water. H.R. 1786 would increase the hiring of veterans by creating a pilot program directing the Department of the Interior to work with the Department of Labor and the Department of Veterans Affairs to employ veterans in positions related to conservation and resource management. H.R. 929 would take approximately 17 acres of fee land in Pierce County, Washington into trust for the benefit of the Puyallup Tribe of Indians. Uh, no one knows how to manage lands better than the residents who live there, and it's critical that we increase access for tribal communities across the country. With that, I'd like to thank all the bill sponsors for their hard work on the legislation being considered by the committee today, and I look forward to good discussions on the bills. I now recognize Ranking Member Grijalva for an opening statement. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for uh, uh, the acknowledgement of the tragedy that our colleague from Alaska, her and her family are going through and for uh, a moment of, of, of silence and reflection. Um, that's very much appreciated, Mr. Chairman, thank you. And I appreciate the continued efforts to include some of my colleagues' legislation, the committee's markups, as well as the efforts to bring some of my colleagues' bills to the House floor this week and last. It's good to be reminded uh, that things this legislative body can do by working across the aisle to get some things done, where, uh, where agreements and compromise can be realized, and, and we see the product of that in many, much of the legislation that we have before us today. Uh, I must admit that I find little comfort in that reminder of reaching across the aisle today, right now. Uh, today is September 20th. We have 10 short days until government funding runs out. However, the stopgap funding bill that Speaker McCarthy put out last this past weekend is extreme, it's cruel, and totally upends our government's ability to function. But apparently, it still doesn't go far enough for some of the most extreme magna faction of the Republican Party, who already pledged to vote it down. Just, just to give an example of how extreme it is, the Republican funding bill cuts wildfire suppression funding by a dumbfounding 1.8 billion. That's 44% cut nearly half of our budget for keeping wildfires under control. I don't think there's anyone in the room or even this country who needs me to explain why that's a terrible idea. After all, AP News reported earlier this week that even Louisiana, one of the wettest states in the country, is in the midst of an unprecedented wildfire season. And as, Republic, as Republicans continue to turn a blind eye to climate change, wildfires will only keep getting more and more intense and harder and harder to control. Yet, uh, yet they want to cut wildfire suppression uh, funding by nearly half, and that's still not enough for most of the extreme members of their caucus. 
As bizarre as this is, it's just the beginning. Republicans are proposing to slash funding for programs that all Americans depend on. Disaster relief, food safety, energy assistance, public safety, and education, specifically for tribes, cancer research, rural utility assistance, and I could keep going on and on. But in, in a not so shocking turn of events, they're proposing increasing funding for, for border wall construction by more than $2 billion. In other words, basically the same amount that they are trying to cut from wildfire suppression. The border wall is proven to be an abject failure. It is racist, ineffective waste of taxpayers' money and that can be climbed over, cut through, or simply blown over, blown over by the wind, as was the case in California. And just two weeks ago, a new report from GAO showed that the wall has destroyed our cultural and natural heritage beyond our worst expectation. But that's what the House GOP wants to spend the nation's wildfire suppression money. That's what they want to spend it on instead of, uh, of dealing with the real issue before us. And it's, it's still not, but this is still not extreme en enough for the most, uh, most magna extremist of, in their membership. I'm afraid to think about what would be. With that, Mr. Chairman, thank you, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Pursuant to the markup notice, it is now in order to consider H.R. 934 to require the Secretary of Agriculture to carry out activities to suppress wildfires and for other purposes. I ask unanimous consent that the Subcommittee on Federal Lands be discharged from further consideration of the bill. Without objection, so ordered. Without objection, the bill will be considered as read and open to amendment at any point. Does any member wish to be recognized for purpose of debate Mr. on the Chair. bill? Mr. McClintock, uh, you're recognized. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. First, I want to thank you so much for the uh, hearing in Yosemite Valley uh, last month and for the dramatic testimony we heard about the need for aggressive initial attack on fires as soon as they are discovered. Uh, I introduced this legislation in response to the devastation caused by the Tamarack Fire in 2021. On July 4, 2021, lightning struck a tree in the humboldt Tayobi National Forest in Alpine County, California. It ignited a small fire that smoldered for days on a quarter acre of rugged terrain. According to Alpine Sheriff Rick Stevens, California's firefighting agency, CAL FIRE, dispatched a crew to put it out. But they were told to stand down by the U.S. Forest Service, to, uh, which proceeded to monitor the fire instead. Every day, the Forest Service sent a helicopter over the fire to take video for their Facebook page, but not once did they drop a bucket of water on that fire to put it out. Twelve days later, the Tamarack Fire exploded out of control, consuming nearly 70,000 acres. One of the towns in its path was Woodfords, California. In 1987, the Woodfords Fire Department responded to a report of fire on Forest Service land near their town. They, too, were turned away. Federal officials threatened Woodford residents with arrest for even trying to extinguish this small blaze. Hours later, the fire exploded to 6,500 acres, costing 25 families their homes. The Forest Service once had a policy of aggressive initial attack when a fire is first spotted and an informal rule to put out little fires before they can become great big fires. This policy was abandoned in 1972 until it caused the disastrous Yellowstone Fire of 1988. The Reagan administration then restored that rule, but unfortunately, Reagan left the next year and the let burn policy returned. 
and it's now cost us countless acres of forest land and countless millions of dollars of firefighting costs ever since. Now the Forest Service uh, argues that it needs to use fires as a forest management tool. Well fine, if that's the case, that tool should be carefully and deliberately applied when conditions warrant. Unplanned fires are not forest management tools. They're unpredictable and imminent threats to our forests and to our communities. The Forest Service argues that they don't have the resources to put out little fires. Well, this is fatuous nonsense. It's obviously far cheaper to put out 100 little fires with a single airdropper crew rather than to let one of them get out of control requiring thousands of airdrops and hundreds of crews. It is dangerous nonsense to, quote, monitor incipient fires in today's forest tinderbox, even if they seem to pose no immediate danger. No person in his right mind would monitor a rattlesnake curled up in his bedroom because it isn't doing much of anything. He'd kill it before it does. This bill restores the 10 a.m. rule requiring the Forest Service to launch aggressive initial attacks against all fires as soon as they're spotted. It forbids the Forest Service from preventing state and local fire agencies from attacking fires on federal land. It requires any prescribed fire that exceeds its boundaries to be immediately extinguished. And it requires that deliberately set backfires be approved by the incident commander and not indiscriminately set by inexperienced ground crews. Uh, I'm offering an amendment in the nature of a substitute to emphasize that the suppression requirements in this bill will be consistent with interagency agreements uh, and applicable standards of firefighter safety, and uh, it also includes some minor technical changes. In our national forests, only the Forest Service can prevent small blazes from becoming forest fires. Uh, it's time they did. And with that, I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Is there further discussion on the bill? Mr. Chairman. Ms. Ledger Fernandez, you're recognized. Thank you so very much, Mr. Chairman. Um, and thank you for the sentiment uh, of Representative McClintock in introducing this bill. As uh, most people know, my district is no stranger to wildfire. Last year, the largest and longest wildfire in New Mexico state history ravished the lands that I knew as a child and growing up. Uh, tens of thousands of people were evacuated and hundreds of homes were lost. And those fires were not caused by lightning or by an abandoned campfire. The United States Forest Service prescribed burns started those fires. I immediately spoke with Chief Moore and demanded that the Forest Service impose an immediate pause on prescribed burns. They did, a 90-day pause. I also called for an investigation both within United States Forests as well as an independent investigation uh, from the GAO, which is currently being conducted. Furthermore, President Biden signed into law my Hermes Peak Calf Canyon Fire Assistance Act to compensate the victims of these fires that were started by the federal government. That's what justice looks like. While I support the sentiment of this bill, my communities are too familiar with the heartbreak that wildfire can cause. Unfortunately, the bill we have before us today does not hold the Forest Service sufficiently accountable, and I am concerned that it does not follow the science. Instead, it puts our lands at further risk by not allowing healthy fires to burn. 
Mr. Chairman, I would like to enter into the record this independent analysis of managed wildfire from the Southwest Ecological Restoration Institutes. Without objection. This thank you. This analysis shows that managed naturally occurring fire wildfires are effective for reducing tree density and lead to decreases in subsequent burn severity and fire size and have other restoration benefits. You know, I think Reef has spent many a hearing uh, where we've actually listened to those say that the suppress every single fire every single time has led to forests that are more susceptible to catastrophic fires. Indeed, in New Mexico, we have seen fires started that did not uh, get out of control because they ran into areas that either had been subject to a prescribed burn or a managed fire, wildfire. Uh, my amendment uh, that I am offering today would be a bill that helps our firefighters and follows the science. My amendment would allow the Forest Service to follow the science, and if a scientific decision allows it, continue monitoring wildfire ignitions to determine if they are at risk of damaging homes and structures, contaminating watersheds, or turning in to those huge conflagrations. Or, if the ignition is low risk, with more potential for resource benefits, allow the Forest Service to continue monitoring the fire. I also want to make sure that the Forest Service updates their prescribed burn regulations to reflect the 2022 National Prescribed Fire Program Review. This came after the 90-day pause I described earlier. They did do a review, and we know that they did not follow their own regulations when they started the New Mexico fires, and they should. And they should make sure that they now incorporate into the regulations that the bill mentions the lessons they learned. Um, you know, and I've also heard many back stories about back burning, saving structures during this fire we just went to. I was up in uh, ranch land uh, with these wonderful Herrera sisters who described to me how firefighters, uh, hot shots, jumped into action and prevented this wildfire uh, from reaching their home because of what they did using backfires. Uh, uh, Mr. Chairman, I do recognize that portions of my amendment uh, are welcomed and would receive potentially positive support. Uh, my original amendment contained the issues about looking at uh, how do we make sure that naturally occurring wildfires uh, don't automatically get suppressed within 24 hours, but can be suppressed only if they're at risk of causing these damages. I look forward. Uh, to working with you uh, on that portion. I look forward to working with you, Representative McClintock, to see if we can come up with some language that addresses this. So the amendment that I am offering today uh, is limited to uh, those sections that address uh, making sure we have infrared technologies, making sure that uh, prescribed burns are extinguished properly, and that those updated policies are incorporated into Regulation. So, with that, uh, uh, Mr. Chair, I offer my amendment. Mr. Chair, I think we're still on general debate, so we'll we'll take amendments later. But I appreciate your uh, your passion for your amendment, and um, I know that we uh, we've talked about the issue in New Mexico, and I think Mr. McClintock's bill uh, would really have helped prevented that. Uh, is there further debates on the, on the bill? Mr. Lamalfi, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'm uh, very pleased to be an original co-sponsor with Mr. McClintock on this uh, uh, sensible legislation. Um, 
indeed we've suffered a lot in the West with uh, a wildfire and at times the frustration that indeed monitoring wildfire is uh, uh, not going to be a successful outcome. Um, it's, uh, it, I rem I'm reminded of some ads I've seen on TV where there's a person who's, uh, someone had a toothache and a person comes in and checks them out and says, uh, yeah, indeed you do have a, a tooth problem. Well, are you gonna fix it? I know I'm just a dental monitor. So we need folks to actually take action on that. The Forest Service will point to um, that uh, they were able to suppress somewhere around 98, 99% of fires without having a giant amount of acreage. And that's great, that's commendable in that uh, um, that's a high, high ratio, but it only takes one to become a horrendous disaster like we've had so frequently in Northern California and other parts of the state and the West. So indeed, we, we have to bat a thousand with the condition our forests are in now, nowadays, especially on federal land, that uh, we can't really afford to allow uh, a small fire to turn into a large one merely because we're monitoring when, when uh, the resources would be available either by the Forest Service or others, as uh, Mr. McClintock was talking about. People that are nearby doing uh, logging operations, construction operations that would be able to pounce on a small fire with available water trucks or dozers, there needs to be much more cooperation with that because these folks that actually live there understand what the risk is and what has happened to them in the past and could happen again with a small fire in a highly wooded, highly fuel loaded area. So many of our acres are fuel loaded like that. Not, not to, notwithstanding too, the condition of the Forest Service and the issues that their, their workers, their firefighters are dealing with. They're gonna have a fiscal cliff of their own by somewhere early October, where firefighter pay is gonna drop uh, at least 40%, unless we're able to patch something together here. We're working on legislation, getting good cooperation on that so far, of a, of a cliff where they're gonna get, see a massive pay cut and be uncompetitive with other firefighters and what they get paid in other, in other divisions as well, a recent scandal with the food they're being served as they're working hard these long days and rough terrain and such where they were served food that had uh, mold on the cheese sandwiches they were be being given or a couple slices of bread with a couple of beans and a few grains of rice in it. I mean, we should show them a lot better appreciation on that. So when we're looking at how the whole issue is with the uh, Forest Service preparedness, um, they need to have a lot more focus on, on uh, the firefighters' readiness, as well as the response to keeping a small fire, a small fire and suppressed. So this is very timely. I know Chief Moore made a pledge a couple years ago uh, to some of us on this panel here to pounce on them in 24 hours, but we need to continue to hold them accountable to make sure this happens. So I'm glad for this, uh, this bill by Mr. McClintock that we can continue to, to hold the accountability that we need to have in our tender boxes at our Western Forest. And I thank you, and I yield back, Mr. Chairman. Gentlemen, yields back. Is there further discussion on the bill? Mr. Chairman? Uh, Mr. Grijalva, you're recognized for Thank five you very minutes. much, and uh, not to overdo the redundancy, let me just associate myself with the, uh, the points that my, my colleague from New Mexico, uh, Representative Ledger Fernandez made uh, with regards to this bill and, and, and her amendment. Uh, I certainly understand the sentiment of, of, of the legislation. I think it's important. I think what we've seen the last few years in terms of wildfires and the effect on communities, 
New Mexico and others ha has been uh, dramatic and tragic. And But I think the restrictions that are put into this legislation make that uh, suppression and management issue for the Forest Service and for communities even more difficult. Uh, I, I'm opposed to the legislation as it sits. And uh, Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Is there further discussion on the bill? Not, I recognize myself uh, in support of the bill. And I again thank Congressman McClintock for this common sense legislation. This bill gives clear direction to the Forest Service to immediately and aggressively suppress wildfires in our most high risk areas out west. And I want to emphasize that Mr. McClintock's bill does not stop prescribed burning. It does not say that you put out all fires that are either naturally or started uh, uh, by man. But what it does, it says you look at certain conditions, which is this, is this is a combination of science and common sense to say that um, the Forest Service must expeditiously attack and suppress fires that begin on lands that are under extreme drought conditions or that are located in the top 10% of fire sheds for wildfire exposure. There's a lot of science that goes into determining if these lands are exposed to uh, high risk of wildfire. There's daily monitoring that goes on to look at drought conditions. So these are measurable metrics that would, that are scientifically recognized and be easily uh, looked at. And when these fires start, you need quick decisions. So it allows the Forest Service to have a tool to make a quick decision. It would also apply when our firefighting agencies are operating at wildfire preparedness level five, which indicates that firefighting resources are stretched beyond their capacity. Again, uh, very much common sense. Importantly, the legislation would also ensure that policies are implemented in accordance with the wildland firefighter health and safety procedures. H.R. 934 also addresses the unacceptable prescribed fire failures that have turned into uncontrolled disasters, like the Hermit's Peak fire in the, in the Calf Canyon fire in New Mexico in 2022. Um, the bill simply requires the Forest Service to immediately suppress fires that escape containment. And I don't see how anybody would think that's controversial. Last year, the Forest Service set three major fires in the state of New Mexico alone, including the Hermit's Peak Calf Canyon, which became the largest in the state's history. That fire burned over 340,000 acres, destroyed more than 900 structures, and racked up over $278 million in suppression costs. Think of the firefighting money that would have been saved. Uh, again, a, an ounce of preve prevention is worth uh, many pounds of cure. New Mexico's a Democrat governor stated, and I quote, while climate change and extreme drought continue to plague the Southwest, the Forest Service must abandon their business as usual approach to prescribed burns, end quote. Uh, we can't allow business as usual to go on when we see these devastating results. Mr. McClintock's bill would be a great step in fixing that. And again, I want to emphasize Fire has historically been a valuable tool to manage forest and reduce the buildup of hazardous fuels. It's still a valuable tool to do that. However, many of our federal lands out west are essentially like powder kegs just waiting to explode into uncontrollable infernos uh, because they are 
overgrown and too dry. And when the weather conditions are right and one of these fires start, uh, if it gets very big, it's almost impossible to put it out without expending a great amount of cost and effort. Uh, this is a problem that a lot of it is to do with our own making. It's because of decades of negligent and ill-advised management on our public lands. The wildfire crisis that we have created remains a desire threat for far too many communities and it's incumbent upon us to respond accordingly. Uh, just two years ago, the Caldor Fire in California grew to 781 acres around 29 hours after it started. Listen to this though, after another 44 hours ex exploded over 55,000 acres in the Grizzly Flats community, um, thought we had a poster of that, was completely uh, and utterly destroyed. The Forest Service ordered all firefighters off the fire seven hours after it started and dismissed a half dozen CAL FIRE engines and crews before reinforcements arrived. The Forest Service also let the 2017 Chetco Bar Fire in Oregon burn for weeks until strong winds took over and turned it into a massive wildfire and burned over 191,000 acres, destroyed six homes and forced 5,000 people to evacuate their neighborhoods. In the wake of that wildfire, the GAO released a report that documented serious criticisms from some Forest Service officials and stakeholders about this slow response. We have to seriously ask ourselves, how many more communities are we going to let go up in flames before we say enough is enough? And HR 30, 934 offers meaningful reforms that will ensure that our land managers are aggressively confronting the wildfires that pose the highest risk to the American people while also ensuring that prescribed fire is being used responsible and safely. I urge my colleagues to support this legislation and I yield back. Is there, is there any further discussion on the bill? Hearing none is now in order to consider amendments to HR 934. The gentlewoman from Mexico, well, first I wanna recognize the gentleman from California, Mr. McClintock for the purpose of offering the ANS uh, without objection, the amendment is considered read and open to amendment at any point. Is there further discussion on the amendment? Oh, well, Mr. Chairman, I'd just like to uh, comment and, and thank uh, Ms. Ledger Fernandez for her amendment. As I understand, she's dropping the, the original uh, language that required a scientific evaluation before we could act. Obviously, there's no time for that in, in, uh, in such a circumstance. And uh, the balance of her amendment, which I understand is, is what she's now offering, uh, uh, is, uh, you know, I, I think actually strengthens the bill a little bit, and I appreciate uh, that, that contribution. I do have to comment, though, on this eye-popping, shocking, uh, uh, groundbreaking study that she cited that concluded that, that forest fires reduce tree density. Um, yes, they reduce tree density. A high intensity fire reduces tree density to absolutely zero. I'm just wondering uh, how much the, uh, taxpayer money we paid uh, for that groundbreaking study. Uh, but uh, uh, again, I wanna thank her for a positive contribution to the bill. Uh, I support uh, her amendment uh, to the ANS and I yield back. Is there any further discussion on the ANS? Uh, I've, you were seeking recognition? No. Okay. I recognize myself in support of the ANS offered by Congressman McClintock. Uh, this ANS emphasizes that none of the wildfire 
fire suppression requirements contained in this legislation will conflict with interagency agreements or applicable standards or firefighter safety. The ANS also makes minor technical changes uh, to clarify definitions. Again, I support uh, the ANS and the, uh, the underlying bill, and I ask if there's any further discussion on the amendment. It is now in order to consider amendments on the ANS HNR 934. Now I recognize the gentlewoman from Mexico, Ms. Ledger Fernandez, for the purpose of offering her amendment designated Ledger Fernandez 056 revised. Without objection, the amendment is considered read. You're recognized. Thank you so much, Mr. Chairman, and thank you uh, uh, for indulging the fact that we had the long, the huge conversation about what is happening with this bill as well as with my amendment. Uh, my amendment is fairly direct. Uh, we need to make sure that all available resources, including infrared technologies, are made available to, for prescribed burns. Uh, the same way that they are made available for others. We all know that you should not leave a campfire if there is still any smoke. And we know that the Forest Service has walked away from pile burns that then erupted. When, if they were to simply used infrared technology, they would have known there was still heat there and where there is heat, there can be fire. Uh, I also wanna make sure that the lessons that we have learned about what you should do when fighting fires, how you attack them, how you make sure they never get out of control, which is, you know, never is a big word, but doing everything possible using all of the resources that are available, uh, that we make sure that those findings, those lessons are incorporated uh, into, um, you know, into their practices, into their regulations. Uh, and I look forward to working with you and um, the sponsor on uh, additional uh, amendments before it hits the floor that will, uh, I think, give the right level of discretion where we're not micromanaging, but we are making sure that, that there is enough discretion so that we can uh, uh, allow fires to offer their beneficial impact and not their destructive impact. Fire like water uh, can be very useful. It warms us, it heats our food, it does all kinds of matter of wonderful things, um, but we need to make sure that it doesn't destroy our communities. And so that, with that, uh, Mr. Chairman, I offer my revised amendment. The gentlelady yields back, and uh, I want to thank the gentlelady for offering this amendment. Now, I also want to remind committee members that um, we're open for amendments on these bills. Uh, if you would present them more than an hour before the committee hearing, it helps us prepare a little bit better. But nonetheless, you have a, a good idea. Uh, and we couldn't come to agreement on everything in the amendment. And I appreciate you um, doing a revised amendment. And I will commit to working with you on the other part of the, uh, the amendment that we couldn't include right now as we uh, move this bill towards the floor. Uh, does any other member wish to be recognized to speak on the just, amendment? Just a question, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Gawla. On, on getting the amendments an hour before, I agree with you. I mean, the timeliness of amendments uh, are, is important. My only question, would that, is that going to apply to my esteemed colleague, 
Graves from Louisiana. We did 800 uh -huh. amendments one he's, minute before the He's meeting. not here to defend himself today, but you know, an hour is a long notice for Mr. Graves. He, uh, <laughs> Could be a lifetime. He's sometimes <laughs> writing the amendments on the, on just, the back of the napkin. Just an inquiry, yeah. Mr. Chairman, that's all. We will have to follow up with him when he's, when he's here. Please. <laughs> uh, does anyone else wish to speak on the amendment? I'll again say I appreciate your engagement on the bill your desire to address wildfire response strategies. And I know that your district in New Mexico has regrettably been negatively impacted by wildfire and most tragically during the Hermit's Peak wildfire last year, uh, as we stated earlier, when a failed escaped containment on a controlled burn uh, created the worst wildfire in state history. And again, I think uh, Mr. McClintock's bill gets at the heart of that saying, I'm not going to put out every fire, but when you've got these conditions, um, we want to put them out. And I think your amendment even enhances that by talking about the nature of prescribed fire. Is there any further discussion on the amendment? If there's no further discussion on the amendment, the question is on the amendment offered by the gentlewoman from New Mexico, Ms. Ledger Fernandez, designated Ledger Fernandez 56 revised. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed, no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it, and the amendment is adopted. The question now occurs on the amendment in the nature of a substitute to H.R. 934 offered by the gentleman from California, Mr. McClintock, designated McClintock ANS as amended. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed say no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it and the amendment in the nature of the substitute is adopted. The question now occurs on reporting H.R. 934 as amended to the House with the recommendation, recommendation that the bill be favorably approved. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed, no. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have it and the bill is offered reported. Without objection, um, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. Mr. Chairman? Mr. Garhalo? Uh, thank you. Um, I give notice of my intention to, uh, to file supplemental, additional, dissenting, or minority views on the measure just considered. I ask unanimous consent that this notice be extended to all measures considered at this markup under House Rule 11, Clause 2L. This notice would extend to all members. With that, I yield back. Without objection, so ordered. Uh, we'll now turn to the UC package. With the cooperation of Ranking Member Grijalva and the other members of the committee, it appears that we have worked out an agreement on five bills scheduled for markup today. As we have done before, rather than going through a formal markup process for each of the bills, I will make a single unanimous consent motion to report out the bills favorably with any amendments that have been filed and agreed to. Before we begin, does any member seek time to speak on any of the bills in this unanimous consent motion? Seeing none, I'll make a, a brief statement and say that I'm happy to advance several bipartisan bills today under unanimous consent. First off, speak in support of H.R. 4051, Mr. Whitman's bill, which creates a task force to help address increasing shark depredation conflicts with fishing. Um, next, I'd like to express my support for H.R. 3448, Representative Stefanik's bill, the American Battlefield Protection Program Enhancement Act, 
Representative Stefanik is a co-chair of the Congressional Battlefield Caucus and has been a leader in advancing this important legislation to honor and protect our nation's military history. Her legislation would improve upon the successes of the American Battlefield Protection Program and expand protections to pivotal battlefields across the nation. I offered an amendment in the nature of a substitute to this bill that makes a small technical change to the short title of the bill. And Representative Kiggins has offered an amendment that reflects a technical change that was drafted in collaboration with the minority, the National Park Service, and the American Battlefield Trust. This bipartisan bill, which is co-sponsored by 50 bipartisan members, is a common sense piece of legislation that will help conservation, recreation, and local communities. We also have Representative Bobert's bill, H.R. 4596, which extends the authority for the Upper Colorado River and San Juan River Basin Endangered Fish Recovery Implementation Program. We have H.R. 929, the Puyallup Tribe of Indians Land into Trust Confirmation Act of 2023, sponsored by Representative Kilmer. Uh, this bill would place approximately 17 acres of land in Pierce County, Washington, into trust for the Puyallup Tribe of Indians. The tribe intends to develop this land into a seaplane terminal, a restaurant to serve native-inspired foods, as well as a deep water port in the port of Tacoma. Uh, I was fortunate last August I had the opportunity to visit with the Puyallup tribe while I was in Washington State, and we discussed this endeavor. I'm pleased to be able to move this legislation through the committee today, and I'd also like to say that I think this is a great example of what tribal sovereignty looks like and, and the federal government getting out of the way and allowing these tribes to develop uh, their economic resources. And last but not least, I'd also like to express my support for H.R. 1786, the Great Rewarding Outdoor Work for Our Veterans Act or the GROW Act included by Representative Levin. This bill would expand the Warrior Training Advancement Course or WARTAC to include the Department of the Interior, which would empower more veterans to get jobs in conservation and resource management activities. Expanding access to our public lands for veterans and for all Americans is a key priority of mine as chairman, and I urge my colleagues to support this unanimous consent. And before I yield back my time, I again want to express my gratitude to Ranking Member Grijalva and the minority for working with us on this good package of bills. I now ask unanimous consent that the Subcommittee on Federal Lands be discharged from further consideration of H.R. 1786, the GROW Act, and H.R. 3448, the American Battlefield Protection Program Enhancement Act. Without objection, so ordered. I ask unanimous consent that the Subcommittee on Water and Wildlife and Fisheries be discharged from further consideration of H.R. 4051, the Supporting the Health of Aquatic Systems through Research, Knowledge, and Enhanced Dialogue Act and H.R. 4596, the Upper Colorado and San Juan River Basin's Endangered Fish Recovery Programs Reauthorization Act of 2023. Without objection, so ordered. I ask unanimous consent that the Subcommittee on Indian and Insular Affairs be discharged from further consideration of H.R. 929, the Puyallup Tribe of Indians Land into Trust Confirmation Act of 2023. Without objection, so ordered. I now ask unanimous consent that the following bills be approved and favorably reported as described to the House of Representatives. H.R. 4051, the Supporting the Health of Aquatic Systems Through Research, Knowledge, and Enhancement Dialogue Act, with an amendment in the nature of a substitute offered by the gentleman from Virginia, Mr. Whitman, designated Whitman 83 ANS, and an amendment to the ANS offered by the gentleman from California, Mr. Huffman, designated Huffman Number 1 Revised. H.R. 1786, the GROW Act. 
3448, the American Battlefield Protection Program Enhancement Act with the amendment in the nature of a substitute offered by myself, designated Westerman 43 ANS, and an amendment to the ANS offered by Ms. Kiggins, designated Kiggins 34. H.R. 4596, the Upper Colorado and San Juan River Basin's Endangered Fish Recovery Program Reauthorization Act of 2023, and H.R. 929, the Prolet Tribe of Indians Land and the Trust Confirmation Act of 2023. Without objection, so ordered. Without objection, the motions to reconsider are laid upon the table. I ask unanimous consent that the staff be allowed to make any technical and conforming changes to the documents the committee just adopted, such subject to the approval of the minority, without objection, so ordered. If there's no further business, the committee stands adjourned.